All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your hostess, Paulette Ristini. I'm coming to you today from Columbus, Ohio, just visiting my mama, taking care of her, and still doing the things that I do. And I'm so excited to have you all here with me today with our special guest, Amy Stone from Florida. That's right. That's right. Amy's here in the house. How are you, Amy? I'm great. I'm super happy to be here with you today and spend some time chatting and sharing stories. I love it. I love it. So what's really fun is that Amy and I were both life coaches, uh, but we all have our own different niches. And those of you who know me know that I work with creative women uh, in mid-career on the verge of becoming their next thing, their next phase in life. And Amy works with blended families. That's right. That's what I do. I work with adults and blended families and I can take a second and explain what that means. Please do. That'd be I helpful. would love okay. that. Yes. All right. So a blended family is in my book, cause it could mean a lot of things. Um, but in my book and in the way that I use it, this is when you've got a family where one or more of the adults has had a previous relationship where there are children. So you've got like a mix of people where there's children from other parents mixed together where there's not maybe children. And there's a bunch of different varieties that this can come in, right? So the reason I found, I'll, take, I'll just add this in, the way I found myself to this is this is my lived experience. I was a stepmom before I was a mom. So that's one way you can get a blended family. So my husband had kids from a previous marriage. Um, it can be the reverse, right? Like a mom who is divorced or widowed can remarry and bring her kids. And then you have the Brady Bunch method where two people can bring two groups of <laughs> kids, kids together, right? There's a bunch of different ways it can shake out. So that's what I, when I talk about a blended family, that's what I talk about. And I work with adults in a blended family because it can be hard. With, I can imagine a million right. different scenarios. <laughs> yeah, there was, I, I sort of dropped it there. It could be hard. And there was like a silence as everybody got to think about, yes, we can imagine. We can imagine it's hard. <laughs> so obviously you're on this path. And so how did you, where were you before and how did you get into coaching for okay. this genre. So that's a really fun story. And I, it's fun right now because you are so, this is heart and hustle and you have a movement component to what you do. So I was in the process of like raising my family and being a mom. Um, my movement of choice, my the thing that I love to do is that I'm a runner. And then I added because it's the thing you do when you're a runner. I added triathlon in my mid thirties to that. Those are my hobbies. Dang, and woman. Wait yeah. a minute. You wait a minute. Iron Man. That's right. That's right. I went all the way to Iron Man. Uh, I have I'm seven full Iron so Man like, triathlons. I'm, I'm going to like bow down at your feet. <laughs> God, yeah. woman. Thank you. So I love it, right? I do it because I love it. And as it happens, when you are somebody with a hobby like that, when you get really into it, one or more people, or in my case, everybody around you will say, Hey, you should coach this. So for, um, so I took a certification, um, to begin to coach, um, triathletes and then runners. And as you do, when you do these things, then you get like, so, okay, certificate wait, back, up, back up one minute. So you took a certificate. 
certi- <laughs> certification to coach right runners so runners and triathletes and i did that for where how did you do that i mean who through who so there's a bunch and it depends on what country you're in because the associations are different for the country so if you're in canada you would go to the canadian triathlon association i think it's probably what it's called or the ca so but in the in the united states i did um through ironman university which because i know okay see company. i've never heard of that before okay, yeah awesome. like why would you and there's also usa triathlon so i have a certificate from them um, and then I did Roadrunners Club of America has a road running coaching certificate. Um, I did I some this. swimming certificates, you know, I just was adding them all up. Right. Um, and it was super fun and I loved it cause it was my hobby, but, um, and I had some clients that were very happy to work with me, but there were some shortcomings where for me as a coach, if I was your coach, notably that I never really wanted to like do my workouts with my clients, like, which is a big thing that people want. Um, I was very much in coaching people on how they could be accountable to themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what were their motivations? What were their goals? And yes, of course I made training plans. Um, but it was, I was a sort of a non-standard, um, endurance coach in that, in that sense in 2020, when the races stopped, um, I, all of a sudden, all my clients wanted to talk to me about motivation and inspiration and focus and things like that. And I was thrilled because I had been a personal development junkie and I wanted to talk about it, but I very quickly realized that reading the books and talking about it is not actually the same as being able to coach somebody on those very intrinsic, important things. And so I had been following um, several, I had been working with life coaches and following several life coaches, but that was when I took the plunge and was like, let me go ahead and take the dive in here and learn how to do this. Um, Because I just, you know, picked one of the best coaches I knew. They announced they were having a school. I was like, sign me up. And that's Susan Hyatt. So I, the University of Life Coach Training. And then as I was in that training, I realized that I really could make such a much bigger difference from that side of things um, and, and decided to veer away from triathlon coaching um, and running coaching and into life coaching. And that's how I made that segue. And into blended families. And into blended families. So once you, once I said, I knew I wanted to do life coaching, then there was a process of who can I help and do the best. Um, and so Susan helped me narrow it down to find people who I could really help. Um, and, and it's that, that's been a beautiful experience actually. Like, so once I, once I came to the idea that that was, uh, something I could help, it was really nice. It's, um, triathlon was my hobby. Running is my hobby. Uh, but I lived, I've lived in the, the situation of a blended family. I've sought out help for the things that are hard there myself. So to be able to then turn around and help people who are struggling in that spot is really, really a wonderful feeling for me. So obviously you're in a blended family. I am. Yes. So I'm, I'm a stepmom. Um, so my husband was divorced and he, um, has children from the earlier marriage. Um, and so I have two stepkids, they're grown and flown. Um, And I think that's nice because, um, I'm not in the thick of being, um, a stepmom to young children. I've been doing it for 20 years. Um, I happily stand as an example that it can work. My stepkids do still speak to me. (laughs) We have like an actual relationship. Awesome. Um, and so I think that that's really a nice thing that I can offer people because, um, when you're in a family, when you're in hard moments in a family, whether that's 
grief or child rearing or caregiving of any sort, right? Um, or just a tough spot in a romantic relationship, it does feel like it's going to last forever, right? Like when is it ever going to end? Uh-huh. Oh, what is that saying? The moments are long, but the years are short. Um, and so it's nice. I, you know, it's like, I like to say, I'm like, it does, it does change, you know, like, you know, it does change. And then when you found this niche for yourself, yes, everything came together. Like it, yeah, it's coming together. Like, you know, it's coming. I'm not going to call it done. You know, like, uh, I don't, is there a moment in running a business where it does feel like it's all together. Like, tell me that that's happening. No, no, no. And, you know, thank God for that because, I mean, it is constantly changing. You're constantly changing. You're a creative person. You have a lot of energy. And um, I think as coaches, I mean, we're, we're continuously reaching different people. Yes. And slightly changing the message. And as we grow older and wiser and have more life experience, and, you know, work with more clients. We learn different things in different ways. And I mean, it's always changing, thankfully. Yes. God. Yes. yes. I mean, if you I stayed in the same place, way. I would, you know, jump in a lake or something. But <laughs> Which could be fun, Paulette. It could well, be fun yes, to go jump in a lake. Fun. I'm going to go to the lake this summer. I'm going to jump in it. But <laughs> Right, exactly. Put on some music, you know, find yeah, something yeah, fun yeah, about yeah, it, yeah, jumping yeah. in the lake, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, no, I think it's really important that we continue to grow. I mean, it's important as a coach to, you know, keep adding to our skills, right? Yes, 100%. 100% adding to our skills, looking for joy in the journey um, and sharing that with the people who, who are around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I was just, I got to go back to Iron Man. I'm blown away. I'm blown away. (laughs) So yeah, so you're recording the video, right? So this is the, like I'll point there, this is the award. It hangs in my wall there. That's the medal I got from the very first one I did. Um, And I was turning 40. Um, So the full story is like, so triathlon is a little bit obsessive, right? So it's a very intense sort of recreational hobby. Explain that to people. So, so it's, know what um, that is. okay. So it's, it's a three sport event where you swim and then you bike and then you run all together at one time under your own power. And they have short races that you can complete in less than an hour. And then they move up to these ultra endurance races. And the longest one I did called the Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride and a full marathon, 26.2 miles all in under 50, uh, 17 hours, all in your own power. And one day. So, yeah. oh so, so my brother and I started this as a hobby, um, just triathlon. And he was the one who had the idea that we would do an Ironman. And I said, never, not ever, ever going to happen. And huh. then he stuck at it. And then, so then we formed, we hatched this plan, um, to do this together in a couple of years. And then he had the nerve to have another baby like on the way. So he, he called me and he's like, oh, <laughs> he can't do I it. have this horrible thing to tell you. I can't do this. You have to sign up like a year in advance for some of them. I can't do this because, you know, we're going to have another baby. And I was like, oh, but we'd been working towards it for a long time. So then I had a choice to make. Am I going to wait for him to stop growing his family and put this on hold? Or am I going to push through? And it was right before my 40th birthday. So I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to see if I can do this. Um, It's a big enough goal that the first time you do it, it, each time you do it, actually, it's like, can I actually do it? It's not, 
it's, it's really, it doesn't always seem possible. So, um, so I decided to do this and this is, so I, I had kids in school, um, and I needed to find a race that was during the summer, um, on break. So I was out training with my friends and they, there were two races that fit. One was Ironman Coeur d'Alene in Idaho. And the other one was Ironman France in Nice, France. And I went home and I said to my husband, do you want to go to Idaho or France? And he said, France. And I said, fine. And I went upstairs and I registered, plunked down my money and took a nap. That was, that was how, that was how I did it. And what I didn't fully understand, because I had met some people who had done that is that at the time, and there are different races today. So this is not exactly the same. It's one of the toughest Ironman courses in the world. Um, and so I had inadvertently signed up for this like crazy hard race. So I spent six months like training for this very, very hard race. And every, um, as I say this, I realized that there's some foreshadowing of who I would eventually become. I was surrounded by people who were like, you should change your mind. You should go do something more easy. You should do a different race. You know, you should, you know, you should bow out. And I was like, no, you know, oh, if I'm going to do okay. it, I'm going to do it. Like, and I worked very heavily on committing to the mindset and trimming all of that noise away from me. Um, and so that's the, but that's the, that's, I came home and I had all that frame. That's from my first one. Yeah. And it was a great vacation. I've never regretted it. Like afterwards we did like this fabulous family. Vacation. Oh, love it. Love, love, love. So good. I'm so like, I'm totally in awe because I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm a Absolutely. runner. I'm a runner, but I'm talking like little mini runs. And, uh, I love to swim. I did a, I did a 15 mile challenge last year, um, oh, fantastic. raising money for cancer. Uh, but I didn't do it in one day, you know. No, but you don't need to. No, exactly. Swimming is fantastic. Swimming is the piece of it, though. Like since I stopped, um, when the pandemic stopped, many people used the pandemic and the lockdown to get very in shape. I had been doing all this ultra endurance stuff for all these many years. I used the pandemic to sit it's, on my couch. I was going to say sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I like totally, I was like for a few months, I was really motivated in doing all these virtual races. And then I, there was like a, a switch and I was like, oh, you know, I, I could just sit here today. I don't actually have to go. There's no, <laughs> it was like a, a light bulb went off. Well, and, and so I very yeah. much enjoyed it. Yeah. Very much and you know, it. after that, after that 15 mile swim challenge, I mean, I was swimming in, so I have a pool in my complex and it was, um, gosh, now I can't quite remember 59 laps or 79 laps. Maybe it was 79 equal one mile yep. in the pool. And I would do, you know, and do a hundred laps and whatever. And I did, I did my challenge. It was great. I raised almost a thousand dollars and I loved it. And I was out there every day and doing it. And I've swam like three laps since then. <laughs> but that's what I was going to tell you. The very first thing I stopped doing was swimming. I like, don't, I just don't. I just, I mean, I swam at five 30 in the morning, 90 minutes, you know, four times a week for years. And then I was like, zip, no yeah. more. Like I were, it's getting hot here in Miami. So it is really nice after you run in the summer and it's oppressive here, um, to stop at the ocean and go in and, and, and do that. So, but I was ruffling through my things. Like, do I even have a pair of goggles? Like <laughs> where would they be? <laughs> what is swimming? <laughs> right. Exactly. Will I remember how to float? I, we're going to find out. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God. Anyway, that's so great. So, okay. So what, um, what do you do now for yourself daily, weekly self-care? I love to talk about self-care and I love, because especially when we are working with others and helping guide others into their full potential, 
we want to stay at our full potential and stay healthy and happy and strong and vibrant and blah, 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 blah. So what do you do? So I am, I'm a huge believer in sort of the airplane mask, the oxygen mask idea, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that you have to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And and I, I talk about that all the time when I'm talking to adults who are with kids and spouses and, you know, it can really be an inclination to try and help other people first, the people around us. And I, I sort of, I think that it's really important to remember that we have to take care of ourselves before we try and give to others, or at least at the same time, because truly there are times where it doesn't work out. Like, so in, um, in a situation like when my dad, my dad had died from heart disease several years ago. And when he was sick and doing those sort of crisis things, it was not possible for me to stop and say, Hey, I have to take care of myself before I can address this. That was like a timed crisis. Like you have, you know, so you kind of like, so I will honor that that doesn't always work, but to take care of myself, um, I, I do, I, I call it like exercise at the moment instead of training. Cause I don't have a race out there. Um, but I do move my body and exercise for 45 to 90 minutes a day. Um, I, after the pandemic, I bought myself a rowing machine this past year. So that's my okay. obsession with gadgets. I do like gadgets. Running is my moving meditation. So several days uh-huh. a week I'm out there running and, or walking. Um, so that's one thing I try and focus on, um, fueling my body intentionally with things that make it feel good. Um, so right now it's summer, you're in California, so you'll, this will resonate with you. It's getting hot. And so we're heat acclimating mm-hmm. and I was feeling sluggish and not great. And so I pulled out my like big jug that is like, you know, to measure the water for the day. Like I'll fill it up in the morning and so on. And I wasn't drinking anywhere near as much water as I should. So really getting enough water, getting food that is fruits and vegetables, right? And not, you know, one cannot sadly live on French fries alone. Um, (laughs) Sadly, (laughs) sadly, it's not a good option. Um, And so, and then I start my day. I don't, I, I hesitate to call it a morning routine. Um, but I do get up before the other people in my house because I like that quiet time. Um, and I do journal every day and, um, and then keep like a calendar, um, which helps me be in a good headspace. So those are my, those are my main self-care things that I sort of focus on. Which is a really good standard. I mean, that's pretty much what I do. I, 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 I have to get out every morning. Mm-hmm. you know, walk, run, have to, ugh, I gotta be outside. Um, and I love to journal. I love to write. I love to journal, write in several books and write poetry and teach a journaling class and, um, and meditation. Uh, I mean, there's definitely things and, and that's such a common thing these days with a lot of people self-care. Why? Because right. it really works because it's yes. really important. Yeah. Do you find that I find like, do you find that sometimes people have self-care mixed up with indulgence? Um, sometimes yes. More, more, um, guilty pleasures, I guess, yep. which is kind of like indulgence. Yep. Um, or man, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Mostly so I that. do find, yeah. So I find that people are like, yeah, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine because that's self-care. And I'm like, actually not sure I would qu- always qualify that as self-care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
like it can be right. Like it's, it can be delicious, like nourishing and so on and so forth. But it can also be, you know, like a form of sort of tuning out and avoiding what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I, mean, I, I just had a client who, um, you know, was meditating and now she's not. And now she's in chaos. And I'm like, mm-hmm. right. That's Why how do you yeah. think that is? You know, uh, <laughs> it's pretty simple when you look at it. But, right. Yeah. But it is hard though. Yeah. yeah. And it, when you're in it, like when you're in the maze, when you're in the forest, when you're in the fire, it is challenging to see how to step back and make the space for meditation or for exercise. Or, um, or you can't find the time, right? You can't find the time. And it is, it is, it is a definitely a, definitely a thing that takes practice, um, or helper assistance to know that, you know, it's like to make the time to go for a two mile run when you are in a state of grief is going to help because it feels like what you need to do is all the other things, right? It's like, there are all these pressures and I don't have time to stop and do the thing. Um, and you know, I think that, I think it is hard. I honor the fact that it is very, very hard to trust when somebody says, do this. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be helpful. And for me, uh, when I was coaching runners and triathletes, I would always remind people that I had been a runner since I was young. And so I had discovered that, and I knew that, and I had that feeling of the result that I could, that could pull me through. Like I knew that I would feel better after I run, but if you don't know that and somebody says, Hey, you need to take 20 minutes to run or walk or swim or meditate or write. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. you think, no, no, I don't have that time. What I need to do is I need to go to these appointments and I need to talk to these people and I need to be in the mess of the business. Or I need and to do the dishes and vacuum the house. I need to do the dishes. <laughs> I, I knew I was thinking of dishes, laundry, the things yeah. that, uh-huh. you know, are always there. Um, I need to sweep the floor. I need to go to the grocery store, all of that stuff oh, that, yeah, we, you know, we do need to do it. But I mean, the grocery store, I, I, like, I, I am a firm believer. Like, I mean, for years I would shop, well, when you're shopping for yourself, you can go in and pick up what you want, right? And it's pretty easy to do. But if I don't plan it out and do like the shopping, I will actually waste so much more time because I have to go back and forth and, you know, I miss the things I get oh, home yeah. and I'm like, I don't have any cheese. I can't make the cheese thing because I don't have any cheese. Yeah. yeah. Planning is a good thing. Yes. Planning and, is a good thing. Calendaring it's the first one to skip. Yes. It's a good thing. You it know, is. And as much as a free spirit as I want to be, and I want to have all that freedom and fly, fly my freak flag, if I don't map it out, right, I'm a mess. Yeah, no, it, and it's and the calendaring. It's interesting you say it because artists are very resistant to calendaring their time, <laughs> right? Because, right? And then, um, and I, it's very, very true. But what is so fascinating about the calendaring thing is that when you calendar your schedule you can open up those open spaces. Like it's like, you know, if you don't do it, it's like, you don't, you don't know where they're going to fall and you have the open space, you know, between 11 and four in the morning, which is maybe not when you want to do your thing, right. You might want to be asleep. Um, and when you calendar it, then you're like, oh, I've got all day Tuesday to do my creation. Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this is great, Amy. Um, what would you say So when you work with blended families as a coach, what is their main concern? What are they coming to you for? 
So they come to me. So the word I use to describe how they feel when they come to me is overwhelm, but that is kind of a coachy kind of word, right? So they come to me in a sense where things don't feel good and they want them to feel better and they don't know how to make it stop. Like what they're trying to do is not working and there's no obvious path. So a common scenario of blended family, right. Is that, um, you fall, then this, uh, this is this, I live this, you know, you fall in love, right. You've got your rose colored glasses on (laughs) and you're happily ever after in your eyes and, you know, everything is great. You know, everything seems like it's going to be great and all of these things. And then the grind of life kicks in. And for me, I got instant family. I went from being a single, 20 something to living with my husband who had two kids, um, not all the time, but when they were together, that was Uh a massive Uh adjustment, right? That was a massive adjustment, instant family, I call it. Uh And so it created, um, some stress for me. Like, so, and initially, you know, you dive in, you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all the things I'm going to be the best that I can absolutely be. I'm going to go, all the games. I'm going to be the super, this, and that. Right, and super then mom. Kind of, right. Right. You know, I can do it. And then, you know, it's like, Oh no, no, I cannot, you know, I can't, I'm not doing it. Um, and, and so that's when the overwhelm kicks in and it's like, Oh, wow. I maybe don't know how to, how to solve this. I don't know how to necessarily mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. the way I want to in this or how to plan forward for my future. And so I call that overwhelm or chaos. Um, and so that's where people are when they come to me. Right. And so I love it that your, your tagline is from chaos, chaos to, to calm. calm and mine is from chaos to creativity. I think that that's fantastic. And I think chaos to calm, I've found several people who have programs that are that are called that in, in completely different mm-hmm. um, things. And I think it's, I think it's brilliant because I do think that in a lot of ways, that is how coaches help us. It's like that you've got a lot going on and mm-hmm. you're yep. looking for someone who has tools and a path that will take you to where you want to go. And I, I think that, you know, so creativity, we'll see if you, I'm going to throw this out at you. You're one of the mm-hmm. first people I share this idea with. So I, like I say calm because people, people often say they want to be happy. Um, and I think that in order to be creative or in order to be happy, we have to be able to relax, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot feel joy or creation or um, the creativity or happiness when we are really, really stressed and tight. And so that's the reason I picked the word calm because it's like, you know, get it organized, figure out what the problems are. Let's work on some tools to dial down the, the stress, to dial down the overwhelm. Because when we dial it down, then we are able to experience in that calmer, relaxed state then we are able to experience contentment and Uh joy and then create in our life. So you're working with creatives and a family sense, creating that happy home that you want. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's definitely different ways you can look at that as, as creatives is sometimes you use that chaos to create. And I mean, I, I, when I was in art school, I went to art school in San Francisco and it was fabulous, but there was always the thing is like, you have to be unhappy to be a successful artist. Right. Right. Well, in some ways, that unhappiness is what helps you create and release. Right. Release the chaos. 
What kind of art did you study? Um, predominantly photography. I got my, my bachelor's in photography. Very nice. Very nice. Cause it, one of the mediums that I think is maybe most famous for that is the writers and the poets, right? Mm. Like they, it's like they have to, they, it's like the, the stamp of, of approval, um, to have had the miserable hardship that is the experience to write, you know, to write from that position. And, um, I was listening to an audiobook a while ago. Um, and somebody was saying that about that thing about the creating from a spot of pain. Mm -hmm. And what they were saying is you feel that way, but when you're still experiencing it, you're describing something different and it's almost, it, it is easier to describe it from the other side of the bridge, right? Because then you can look back on the experience. Um, so this person was saying, they were saying, you know, you will probably write your way through the unhappiness and the discontent, but you will have higher quality writing for your reader <laughs> when you write it from the position of having, you know, resolved the, you know, tr completed the journey of pain. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just one person's opinion. Yeah. I, I think it can go always. I think everybody's yeah. different and using it as a catalyst for yeah. creativity. Right. Yeah. I well, mean, so like Jack Kerouac, right. Um, no, no, that's not who I'm talking about. Oh, who is the guy from that was like always doing the things under the influence? Um, but do, but do, but the beatnik guy. Um, um, oh. oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like some of his naked, like, uh, like naked legend. So some of his stuff is like, you know, I, I do not understand. Alan, there's it. Alan Ginsberg. Alan Ginsburg. Ginsburg. He's pretty good. But who's the guy that naked lunch? Who's the guy like, uh, oh, oh, I they can't made believe. the movie. They made the movie. Well, uh, I mean, my hero was Henry Miller. I know that's not Henry who Miller. About. That's not who I'm talking about. But let's see. So I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to totally. Um, Are you Googling it right now? I am, but I can't think of it. So um, I went to. So they made the movie do, do, with do. the typewriter. It was great. You guys, anybody out there in heart hustle, I'll just add here. Um, uh, all right. I'll think about it. I'll, 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 oh, I'm gonna, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll call you, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so he was all about being under the influence and, be, you know, transcendent and all of these things, but you read and there's supposed to be these spectacular, mag magnificent things, but you read it. And it's like, it's like, I don't know that I fully understand his journey as I read yeah. it sober yeah. as, you know, in my right. living room. <laughs> right. Anyway, that's just so it's, uh, it's just the whole idea, what we're talking about is getting clear so that we can be, we can be a vessel. We can find our happiness. We can do what we're here to do, do the work we're here to do, be in the happy family, right? In your case is how to resolve yes. all those things. Um, and in my case is to, you know, find that new path, that new path of becoming. William Burroughs. Yes. That's Thank what I was thinking. very of. much. <laughs> I now can have a solid thought. Yeah, now I can't like, remembering that name, but yeah. All right, sorry. No, it's okay. That's where I'm, my brain I'm was. Glad you got I it. Apologize. Glad you got it. Glad apologize. You got it. Yes. Everybody out there, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Take a lunch. Go see that movie. Um, so anyway, cool. Okay, so so any of you out there in this bland blended family um, scenarios. Yes, exactly. Like, now, so now yes. you got, you got someone to work with, which is great. I love that. Um, and, um, Amy, thank you for sharing your journey and thank you for having me, what you do and 
all the things along your path, which is just super awesome. Love it. And everybody out in Heart and Hustle land, thank you for spending another session with us. And huh, it's always so good. I just love, I just love so much sharing people's stories. Um, uh, thank you. No, it's so good. And I am Paulette Reesdeny. And make sure to subscribe to Heart and Hustle and leave a review if you would, you know, if you're inspired. And let us know your takeaways. And please contact either one of us with any questions um, you have about your journey. And we'd love to, to um, share those stories as well. So Amy, thank you. And everybody, thank you. Until we meet again, many blessings.